AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. After a wild week of weather, another wild weather week is headed our way. We'll get the details. And is there a sign of a slowdown in demand for your used equipment? We'll find out. Finally, it's his first day on the job, and we'll find out what's on the agenda for the new CEO of the National Corn Growers. Live from the final February Monday via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we'll begin with a conversation with Machinery Pete, Greg Peterson. Then it's new CEO of the National Corn Growers Association, Neil Kasky. And right after the news, Brett Waltz from BAM WX, I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie. All right, Davis, my friend, how are you doing this morning? Happy Monday morning. Uh, last Monday in February. You yeah. know, sometimes sometimes February just kind of drags on and on and on yeah. and it just won't it won't go away. Yeah, and I know. We we're kind of ending with a uh, a bit of a white powdery icy crispy bang. Man. But, but spring is right around the corner. The groundhog was not wrong. <laughs> no. No, the groundhog was not wrong nor could he be wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> I will put. I, I will point out this. We've got a dry run down in the draw behind the house. You know it. You've seen I do. it. I know okay? it. Okay. Well. Yes. Um, it is not dry this morning. Ooh. It is bank full and mm-hmm. running hard, running mm-hmm. hard. So I would have liked to have stuck a little bit more of this rain that we got overnight, like nine tenths of an inch. Um, I would have rather stuck that in the ground but it's it is going down the stream you know speaking of the weather let's go ahead and get started what do you got in the news well yes chip a barrage of snow rain and harsh winds is forecast from the west coast to the great lakes today following a similar string of severe weather last week approximately two hundred eighty-four thousand homes and businesses were without power across the u.s as of this morning about half of which were in Michigan, where the region is bracing for another round of ice and snow. More than 100 other storm reports were recorded in parts of the central U.S. as hurricane-force winds and thunderstorms tore through various states overnight. Yeah, and it's happening again right now. There is a tornado warning in effect for about another, I'll call it 10 minutes, Uh in uh, northern DuPage County in northern Illinois, just west of Chicago, there is another tornado warning. Looks like it's in Champaign County that's in effect until 10:15 Central Time this morning. And I doubt if we're done. I'll, I doubt if we're yep. done. We'll talk with Brett coming up uh, here in just a little bit about that. But, boy, I, the, the system that is making its way through um, – call it eastern minnesota wisconsin michigan and into the northeast is really something and and uh, the northwest northeast is set up to really get hit hard by uh uh i don't i don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow but it's it's coming your way guys it's coming it's coming well chip in other news the office of management and budget friday completed its review of the requests by eight states to remove the volatility waiver provided under law for ethanol blends 
Removing the waiver would allow sales of E15 fuel year-round in those states. Without the waiver, states will be unable to sell E15 fuel in the summer months. Yeah, I, we should be expecting good news here uh, from from EPA and, and Administrator Regan on this one. But we will talk with Neil Kasky coming up about it here in just a little bit. Well, the White House says U.S. natural gas shipments to Europe more than doubled last year. The result is that booming transatlantic shipments are attracting oil speculators and Gulf Coast ports are expanding infrastructure to service demand. Quote, America is back in the most predominant position it has been in the in the uh, in world energy. There we go. Since the 1950s, that's according to Daniel Jurgen, an energy historian and vice chairman of S&P Global. Chip. Yeah, the um, the fact that we're looking at, at at how it it affects our geopolitical standing around the the globe, I think, is. You know, it's just another symptom of the ongoing conflict in in Ukraine and and how China might be positioning there. Mm -hmm. That nobody mentioned Nord Stream, by the way. Moving on, China will welcome Alexander Lukashenko, the leader of Russian ally Belarus, for his state visit this week as the U.S. again warned Beijing against supplying Moscow with weapons for its war in Ukraine. A CIA director, William Burns, on Sunday told CBS Russia's struggles to seize and keep territory in Ukraine over the past year have likely fueled doubts by Chinese leader Xi Jinping that China's military could successfully invade Taiwan later this decade. Burns did say the U.S. continues to take the threat of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan seriously, noting the risks of a conflict will likely grow further into the decade and beyond. House Republicans plan to impose stricter limits on earmarks in government funding bills. That's a move that will likely complicate negotiations with senators on an eventual spending package. Conservatives have criticized certain earmarks as frivolous glamour projects. Chip, and <laughs> you might even say this this uh, this is part of a sign of what we may have to look forward to in the farm bill debate. Well, I think it might be. You know... I've talked about this on the air before, and I've not had a lot of pushback. I'm for earmarks if the process is followed as it is supposed to be followed. I mean, there is there is a vetting process on these earmarks when it's when when it's used properly. But when you just start throwing things at a must pass spending bill, right? That's not an earmark. That's just mm. gluttonly. You know, you know, it, it's yeah. bad. Well, and finally here, U.S. millennials in their 30s have racked up debt at a historic clip since the pandemic. Total balances hit more than $3.8 trillion in the fourth quarter, according to the New York Fed Bank. That's a 20% jump from late 2019, Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Chip. How are you? Doing real fine. We kind of highlighted some of the severe weather that's out there in Illinois right now uh, at the start of the show. This system's going to continue to make its way over to the northeast, right? Yeah, so actually right now, uh, we just just as we were coming on the air here, a tornado watch was issued for central parts of Illinois and into central Indiana. So okay. I do think anywhere from Champaign, Illinois, um, out east towards Indianapolis, probably Columbus, Ohio, is at risk for Maybe a couple of tornadoes, um, some strong wind gusts as we work throughout this afternoon as these storms continue to move east and northeast. All right. And then the next one isn't far behind it, is it here, Brett? Yeah. So, yeah. So there's actually going to be another 
pretty powerful storm system late this week um, that's going to produce heavy rain, probably quite a bit of severe weather along the Gulf Coast as we work into Thursday and Friday. I also think this one has a better threat of more widespread winter weather, uh, talking about maybe heavy snowfall accumulations on the northwest side of that parts of Illinois, maybe even eastern Iowa up into northern Indiana need to be on the lookout for uh, snow as we work late this week. Okay. <laughs> now I'm nervous. <laughs> what about take yeah. me a little deeper into March? Is winter going to start to loosen its grip? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going mm. to. I, I think that it's coming around and it's going to be here to stay for a little while. In fact, I think that the middle part of March has the potential to be colder than what a good part of February was. And I really do think that additional winter storm potential on the table as we work through the middle part of the month of March, probably the you know March 10th to 20th time frame, colder than normal and probably snowier than normal. Okay. Real quick, uh, Brett, how rare is this weather that we're seeing out in California, the West Coast? Uh, it's rare in the fact that this is now, what, the, the third or fourth time that yeah. we've been dealing with such heavy rain events. And, and it's rare in terms of how far south and how far down off the mountains the snow was this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I saw some reports out there, even towards okay. where the NASCAR race was this weekend, that it was snowing there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you, Brett. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Happy Monday morning. Glad that you have decided to spend a little bit of time with us this morning. And, of course... Since it's Monday morning, we got to get Greg Peterson in here, Machinery Pete. Good morning, Greg. Hey, good morning, Chip. How you doing? I'm doing real fine, real fine. And, uh, boy, by the look of your pick of the week, there is someone over in Ohio that's pretty happy with the way their auction went. Yeah, that was a great sale Saturday. Uh, it was a retirement sale for Myron Weir. Uh, my okay. friends at Kiko Auctioneers had the sale. I believe it was in New Waterford, Ohio. Um, and kind of what I found interesting about this sale chip, a very nice line of equipment. Um, ours were not crazy low, but, uh, like we've been seeing, particularly on tractors, uh, yeah. a little bit higher hours. It doesn't matter now because seeing some strong prices. So Myron, how about this? Had a 2012 John Deere 8335R, 
3,198 hours on it. It sold for 213,000 bucks. And when you use our uh, auction price search filters at machinerepeat.com, what you're going to see is that's the highest auction price ever on an 8335R with over 3,000 hours. And it was pretty much the same right down the line on this sale chip. It also had a 12 model 8310R, 3,300 okay. hours. That sold for 205,000 bucks. That was the second highest auction price ever on an 8310R over 3,000 hours. Okay. And he had a 2010 John Deere 8295R with 2,504 hours, brought 200,000 bucks. That's the highest auction price ever on a 10 model 8295R with over 2,500 hours. Uh, so tractors sold very strong. Yep. Also a, a disc bind almost set a record. They had a New Holland 1411, a 10 and a half foot disc bind went for 18,000 bucks. That's the second okay. highest I've ever seen. Also a Baylor sold very well. I haven't, I haven't scoped out compared the, to our records, but they had a New Holland 648, 9,262 bales. That went for 14.5. Uh, so yeah, it was a very good sale there Saturday in uh, New Waterford, Ohio. I'll admit I am uh, I am googling disc bind as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the small hay equipment with a little yeah. age on it in good condition has been really strong. Oh, I'd say the past twelve to eighteen months, I know we've seen a lot of. You know, small square balers do well, older round balers in good condition, disc binds. Uh, I know we've seen some New Holland H7230s sold sky high. But, yeah, an older one here, a 1411 for 18K, that was yeah. that was pretty strong. Now, one interesting thing on the sale Saturday chip, uh, they had a nice combine, yep. 2018 John Deere S760. 1,264 engine hours, so, again, a little bit higher hours. And it's all for 220, which I mean, those are a little higher hours than I've seen on S760s, but 220, that's the lowest auction price I've ever seen on an S760. And I, it sort of matches what, last... what we've been seeing with kind of the at one to three, one to four year old combines. A little bit of back off in pricing for the most part uh, since about December 5th or so. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't bad at 220 with those hours. It just wasn't as hot as the tractors, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since you've strung together the words, the lowest auction price I've seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, there hasn't been many or any soft spots. And again, it's just just on the late model combines. The older ones in good shape have been actually sky high. Right. Um, but again, that one to three, maybe one to four-year-old, just a little bit softer of late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Care to speculate on why? Uh, well, I think here you, it gets a little bit interesting. We talk supply side with yeah. both new and used, and I think maybe on the used side with the late model units, maybe starting to get a few more of them. Um, and we can look on the back end of our machinerepeat.com website for sale listings, and we track the volume. And so just of late with the combines, when I look at supply and demand, so the number of farmers clicking, searching for combines and the mm -hmm. number of units for sale, it has begun to readjust a little bit okay. with combines and tractors, not so much yet, right. but I've also hearing dealers becoming a little bit more, I would say 
in tune, I think the rising interest rates, you know, they, they're looking at, Ooh, if we have carrying costs again, I mean, everything's moved right off the lot so fast the last year that haven't had to worry about the interest rates going up, but uh, now they're starting to maybe pay attention, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, that is, is interesting. That uh, little bit of, of softness there in the market. Okay. What else you got going? Uh, things, big things coming up, right? Yeah, there's a very big auction tomorrow, folks. A tremendous buying opportunity. Uh, our friends at AgPro, very large John Deere dealer uh, with footprint across uh, Midwest and the Southeast. They have a big sale tomorrow, absolute sale, unreserved with Merit Auctions. Um, if you go to AgPro's website or MeritAuctions.com, you can check it out. 45 tractors on the sale tomorrow. Wow. Um, and a lot of these ones that have been really hot up and down the line with these John Deere R series. I know they have a 19 model, 8295R, a couple 8370Rs, and then a lot of uh, singles. So they have like an 8245R, 8235R, kind of right down the line. So, and then many of the smaller horse tractors too, the little uh, hay tractors, um, late model. And they do have a, an unusual combine, which Sometimes the harder ones to find can sell a little, a little more heat on them. This will be interesting. They got a 21 model John Deere S790 on tracks, 562 SEP hours. And the use manager out there, Ted Miller, told me uh, last year they just kind of held that machine to help out farmers who uh, needed a backup machine. Um, so that'll be interesting. They also have eight planters. I'll be posting a wow. little video here in a bit on social media about a 2015 model, 1775 NT. I think it's a 16 row, but again, kind of whatever you need for a planner there. So again, the sales tomorrow, and again, highest bidder gets everything. It's absolute. So that should be okay. quite an interesting sale. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, last fall, there were mm-hmm. a couple of tests of the combine market uh, where mm-hmm. there was a large volume of combines offered at, at one time. And the combine market passed those tests. This offering forty-five tractors in in one auction seems like it's a, an opportunity to test this market. Well, it is. Um, I, I think one of the sales you're referring to actually was a sale by Agpro last spring on the combine I side. So. I think they had thirty-two combines, and man, yeah. did they sell high. <laughs> but you're right on the tractor side to have this volume. Although, again, it, there's not a lot of like four or five of anything on this one. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of kind of singles and okay. it's a little, and it's, I think you have to look here at egg pro is such a low, I can't remember how many stores they have. I think it's over 50, 60, maybe. Um, so with that big footprint and of course the business they do, they just, you know, it's an opportunity to kind of uh, address the inventory they have. Right. Um, so, but yeah, 45, that's a lot of tractors. Um, okay. There's another auction I'm watching Friday this week. This is a farm auction, but it has some big volume on it. Must be a huge operation. It's out in Marion, New York, and the auction company is J Martin Auctions and Realty. And folks, if you're looking for a nice four-wheel drive on the John Deere side, low hours with a little age on it, they've got a bunch. They've got a 2011 9430 with 1300 hours, an 11 model 9330 1861 hours, an 08 9330 with 2219 hours, 
and then down the tractor line, how about a 2002 7810 with 2,930 hours hmm. or a, an 11 model 8130 with 2,434 hours? So my eyes, my eyes are going to be in New York on Friday for sure on that. Sale. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, real quick. Let's, let's do a recap of that big iron from last week. Yeah, our friends at Big Iron have had a couple of really interesting items here, folks. Last Wednesday, they had a 74 model, John Deere, 4630. It was showing 2,681 hours, sold for 36,750. That's the second highest one I've ever seen. And a week before, they had a little interesting item, a four-row 7,200 deer planter. Oh, yeah. Sold for 13.5, second highest four-row 7,200 I've ever seen, but... I think folks with food plots and stuff, food plots. they're, they're all yep. over those four rows. So that was yep. pretty interesting. Yeah, no doubt about it. The recreational guys are, are, uh, are, are feeling it right now and, and getting out and getting, uh, mm-hmm. getting what they need before the food plot planning season comes in here. You all bet. right, Greg. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Um, be safe and we will talk to you again next week. Hey, sounds great, Chip. Have a good week. You bet. You bet. That's Greg Peterson with Machinery P, of course. Okay. Now, up next, we are going to have, it's his first day on the job. This is going to be a lot of fun. Neil Kasky is the new CEO of the National Corn Growers Association. It was announced late last week. And as I said, first day on the job, and we've got him here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, uh starting the week out under pressure in the grain markets. Uh, where do you want to start here? Because it's kind of, you know, it, the performances are similar across the markets. Yeah, let's go with wheat first. Uh, you yeah. know, we had a complete technical breakdown late last week. Uh, poor close on Friday. Um, took out a lot of levels of support, and, and we're seeing... Uh, Relatively active follow-through selling here today. Uh, moderate to sharp losses across all three flavors with the uh, the HRW contracts leading us. Now, um, HRW areas did get some rains uh, overnight and, yep. and continuing this morning. Uh, not drought busters, uh, especially in those driest areas, but uh, definitely putting more fundamental pressure on, on the market in addition to that technical-based selling that I talked about. Yeah, no doubt about it. We've got corn futures five, four to five cents, five and a half cents lower, and basically on on the lows here this morning. It uh, it still feels a little heavy, doesn't it? 
Yeah, uh, you know, the wheat market's having a big influence on corn this yeah. morning, and, and uh, but uh, technically kind of breaking down, not as much as wheat, but uh, breaking down as right. well. Um, you know, soybeans, uh, disappointing uh, weekly export inspections number this morning, so that's adding to the okay. negative tone there. Now, the meal market, it's trying, uh, trying hard yeah. to, to pull to the upside and, and trading, uh, I'd call it uh, modestly higher, but uh, uh, that's the only one across the grain and soy markets at the moment. All right, take us over to the livestock trade quick. Yeah, uh, so on the cattle side of things, cattle on feed report was friendly last Friday. Uh, that's given us a little bit of support. Uh, the, the cold storage numbers were friendly for beef as well, uh, but just a modestly firmer tone. Uh, feeders are reacting to the weakness in the corn market, uh, showing strong gains there. And then hog futures are under heavy pressure. Thank you, Brian. That's Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you were with us this morning. Uh, it's always a good conversation with uh, with Greg Peterson, Machine Repeat, Davis, because, it, it, you know, he's got his eyes everywhere out there. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it he's just, okay, I'm in Minnesota. We're going to track what's going on in Minnesota. Eh? Uh, no, oh. it, it, it is everywhere. <laughs> Indeed. Well, yeah. And he uh, apparently had to dig deep into his, uh, his old scripts. Uh, haven't seen the, it's the lowest price I've seen in a long time type of talk. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, lowest price he's ever seen on that combine. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. That's, uh, that is something to pay attention to as we go forward. Okay, it's his first day on the job. No, let's not put him off any longer. Neil Kasky is the new CEO of the National Corn Growers Association. He joins us right now. Neil, congratulations. Hey, hey thanks, Chip. Uh, although, uh, you know, I was listening to, to Brian's report, and uh, hopefully yeah. that's uh, not a – uh, an indication of the marketplace's reaction to to my my fresh start. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't think it is because Neil I think uh, um, it's not like you're an unknown in the ag industry or to the members of the National Corn Growers Association. Uh, pretty pretty well known. Just coming off uh, uh, what a four year five year stint as VP of Communications at NCGA. Is that right? That is right. I've I've, uh, served America's corn farmers for four and a half years and and, uh, served uh, America's soybean farmers for for many more than than that, Chip. And so obviously just just grateful to to have this opportunity. And they said they they said, Chip, uh, or they told me that the very first thing that I needed to do on the very first day of my job is is talk to Chip Flory. So, you know, this is a box that I could I could check and, and day one I made my bed now I'm talking to you so I'm off to a, a good start that's fantastic well I'm glad that this is where you're at Neil uh, you, you know when we look at the priority list that you've got in front of you I can't imagine that it's a whole lot different than the prior priority list is it uh, not at all. I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I'm new uh, in this job, but our priorities are set by our, our members and, and our yeah. states, and, and they are pretty clear. I mean, we've got three of them, uh, that uh, all big ones. And so right now, I guess the, the most urgent and important one is is trying to find a resolution down in Mexico. Obviously, they are yep. 
a critical trading partner and uh, we sell a lot of corn uh, into that country and and so there's that proposed or that that ban on GM corn which is a violation of the US Canada Mexico agreement we've got to get a resolution to that that will allow corn to continue to flow into Mexico unimpeded into the future so that that that's uh, right in front of me of course we got a farm bill uh, that's that's right in front of us uh, as well and uh, making sure that uh, crop protection uh, uh, crop insurance is protected is is obviously uh, a high priority of NCGA and and then we have ethanol and we want to make sure that yep. that uh, folks can uh, buy higher blends uh, of of that fuel and so the next generation fuels act and getting it introduced and moving through Congress and ultimately passed those okay. uh, those are the three priorities so uh, again um, no uh, small gotcha. task for sure okay a uh, couple of questions regarding those priorities because. When I look at what's going on on social media and some of the conversations out there, I don't know if there's a real good understanding of exactly what is happening in Mexico. So a couple of questions that I know that are out there um, is is this. Uh, the, the proposed ban, is it for just white corn for food consumption or is it for all GMOs? So, so the, the latest decree that came out of Mexico uh, was, uh, we, that was a Valentine's Day gift. So we got that uh, late on, I guess, uh, February 13th and, and really began to understand it a little bit more on, on the, the 14th, but yep. uh, it effectively bans uh, GM white corn immediately uh, or as of the, the 14th of February chip. And then the uh, as it relates to, um, to number two yellow corn, it's a l- little bit, uh, tougher to to kind of understand. And so I, I think that they uh, say that, you know, that they will allow shipments of, of corn uh, until they can find uh, a uh, sufficient replacement. And so um, so we haven't, that I'm aware of, we haven't uh, had any shipments halted yet. Um, but you know, again, it, it is a, the USMCA was signed in J- January of 2020. And the first decree, at least, was announced out of Mexico in December of 2020. So a year hadn't even been passed. Right. I mean, literally, the, the ink was not dry on this agreement and they're already violating it. And so, right. you know, that that's that's troubling. I mean, obviously, the, the trade down there loves our corn, wants our corn and needs our well, corn. And, and we want to make sure that we're able to to continue to supply their needs. So, yeah. So the that- interpretations back to your question, Chip, are, are are uh, uh, are kind of vary, um, but we we okay. uh, view it as a violation of the U.S. Mexico Canada agreement. You know, just plain right. and simple, and that that can't stand. If if we're gonna have a, a science based trading system that works for us and our trading partners, I mean, we right. we've got to take a stand on this particular case. Exactly. Okay. Now, is it the end users in Mexico that want to keep the GMOs out, or is it is this really? You know, just the work of of the Mexican President uh, Obrador. Well, well, I mean, obviously, we, we've heard from from President Obrador, and so you know, we we have to assume that that's that's coming from from him and and his advisors, and and um, you know, the the trade obviously values the product, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, we'll continue to buy, and so thankfully, we haven't seen any disruptions yet, and and okay. hopefully, we won't, but. Um, but you, you can't agree to a, a trade deal one day and, and quite literally overnight uh, find a, you know, that included exactly. a, a provision on biotechnology that would preclude nonsense like this, Chip. And, and so yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, that's that's where the government is is uh, is kind of standing in the way of of a good trading partnership. I think that's the answer that that uh, is probably going out to some of the U.S. corn growers that on social media and other places. I've talked to other growers that are saying, you know, who is it for us to tell Mexico what they can and can't buy? What's what's your response to those that ask that question? Yeah, I would say, and if if Mexico, you know, if they want non-GM product, hey, pay for it. I mean, that's uh, yeah. our our markets are, are set yep. up to to enable that kind of transaction, and so um, and there's there's nothing stopping them from um, from you know purchasing uh, right. additional non-GM product. And so you know, again, when you when you look at the, the terms of, of the agreement that was signed in January 2020, uh, they they don't uh, allow for uh, for bands like, like this. And so, um, you can't, there's, right. you know, there's ways to, to buy non-GM products and, and there's ways not to. And so, um, trying to ban GM products so that you can buy more is, is a, a lousy way of, 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 uh, enabling yes. that kind of trade. Exactly. What a great way to put it right there. That's, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, biofuels, biofuels, uh, we're expecting an announcement from EPA on year round availability of E15, in those those midwestern states uh it, it could come any time now right uh yeah i mean that's it, i hopefully i know we've been waiting chip for <laughs> for a long time um yeah. and uh i mean a real credit to the leadership uh from our states and, and working with their governors to kind of get us to this point and and uh, we've been waiting um and hopefully we're not going to have to to wait much longer because you know we need the the certainty of of uh, those sales in, in the in the summer months, and so uh, if that can come today, great. Um, tomorrow, you know, whenever, but that that needs to be announced soon. We've been we've been waiting long enough, um, and and uh, I know that you know we're we're pretty we're pretty eager to kind of move uh, into just the the future of ethanol. We believe that that's the the next generation fuels act as well, and so yep. let's put this to bed, and then we can start focusing on uh, growing this uh, this sector into the future uh, with, yeah. with the Next Generation Fuels Act. Yeah, and let's get some legislation to fix the reed vapor pressure uh, waiver requirement on so that it can go national. Uh, that would be a, a step in the right direction as well. Okay, hey, let's get away from the, the issues and that priority list here for a second. What should the NCGA members expect from you, Neil? What are they getting with their new CEO? Um, but well, that, that's a great question, Chip. And, and so, you know, the, the, the way that, that I framed it to, to the board is, you know, hey, we're, we, we've got to uh, approach our challenges differently. And so as I just think about the, the way that the, our world and the world in, in Washington, D.C. on how everything has just changed over time, I, I think that, you know, we've got to bring a, a um, different approach you know, to that game. And so I, I think about the priorities that we talked about, all, all three, Farm Bill, Mexico, uh, ethanol and and it's not going to be enough just to to win uh, the corn belt you know we're going to have to extend outside of that and try to build relationships and in, in places and in members of congress and offices that maybe don't know a lot about corn and so um so we're going to be you know just bringing a, a a bit of a, a different approach out in washington dc so that you know we can have more success in these priority areas and in working with with uh, offices and, and maybe parts of the country that aren't as familiar with us. And so I think Take, that that's, you know, that's what we're going to have to do to be successful in all these areas. 
taken the education to more of an uh, of an urban lawmaker? Uh, absolutely, we we do a, a lot of that. Some of our states yep. that you know that have uh, you know urban representation do that well. You know, there's other places. Um, yeah, I, I think about you know there's there's corn obviously in 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 New York and in, in yeah. Pennsylvania and in, in Georgia and some of these you know critical states that you know that we need to. Uh, just build up better relationships in, in those places gotcha. as well. We have strong representation at the state level yep. there, and and I think from the national view, you know, we can we can help them. Uh, we can help them, you know, develop gotcha. those relationships a little bit more ne- as well. Neil, we're out of time. I'm sure that this is the first of many conversations that we will have with you on AgriTalk. Good luck to you, and thank you so much for making time. Yeah, thanks, Chip. Appreciate uh, the opportunity, and hopefully I will see you next week down in Orlando. You certainly will. Neil Kasky, new CEO NCGA. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Agritalk is brought to you by The Mosaic Company, the leaders in advanced crop nutrition. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everyone. Ah, Monday morning. Chip, you got yeah. the coffee pot on? Uh, no, it's actually off now. But oh, you're already you're already done with coffee time. Yeah, pretty much. I got a little bit left, but I'm okay. I uh, I wondered yeah. if it's Neil Kasky's first day yeah. as CEO. Yeah. Uh, but it's and I was like. You know, in my head, I I think funny things. I, it's just silliness. This is what rolls around in my head. Jeez, we got him on. You know, at like first thing Monday morning. Did they even did they even show him where the coffee maker is? But the thing is, dude's no stranger, right? To the, to the NCGA. That's exactly right. I think he knew where the coffee maker was when he, he probably showed up this did. morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I was gonna kind of joke around and ask him, did you even change offices? I mean, because you and I, you and I, when back in the day of mm-hmm. uh, office office dwelling, uh, we had to change offices a couple of times. In yep. and the one time, all I had to do was was move office in the same building, and I I didn't even want to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Well, anyway. you know. It's- CEO though, I mean, you know, you'd, you'd make me CEO. I'm definitely moving offices, and I'm taking the big one in the corner with the yeah. big windows. That's Amen, what I'm doing. Brother. That's just what's happening. And if I have to take over the break room to do that, that's what's happening. I'm the Amen, CEO brother. now. I'm yep. the CEO. <laughs> so maybe he is. Maybe yeah. he is changing office. Seems like a very affable dude, though. I don't know if I oh, see him is. doing that or not. Uh, yeah, no, he he very much. My experience 
with Neil is uh, logical mm-hmm. um, and uh, straightforward. Uh, the 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 bit of a hint there as to how the priority on taking issues to DC might change a bit going forward. More of a more of a focus of the the urban lawmakers when it comes mm-hmm. to education on on the issues that affect farmers and, and corn growers every day. Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, that's warranted. That's warranted. Well you know, placed. you think about it. You think about it. Um, when when you look at Iowa senators, and I, you know what, I'm just going to stop there because those are the two that I know the best: okay. Senator Grassley and Senator Ernst. They are as much in, involved in providing education to those that might not understand what it takes to grow corn as mm. as as the as NCGA, as ASA, as the cattlemen, as the hog producers. Yep. Uh, they're all very much involved in in educating. So maybe get away from I, I get away from preaching to the choir and. And, and point the education more at the urban lawmakers. I think yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, you know, and it seems like he's he's got his head around this Mexico thing. Yeah, very much. You know, we're we're trying to figure it out ourselves. Um, but uh, but he's he's right on the front edge of it. Oh yeah, yeah, and has been um, for a while here. And uh, if that's the number one priority then I would guess that Neil is is probably the guy that that should be in charge of the efforts there. He's been dealing with it for for a while and will continue to to see it through. I I know he will. You know, and I asked a couple of questions that have been coming up on social media. Number one, who are we to tell Mexico what they should or shouldn't buy? Well, there is that, yeah. Okay, well, it's because Mexico signed the agreement that says biotech and GMO are good to go. Mm-hmm. They signed that agreement. There, There's that issue. The other thing is, is that it's not the end users that are looking for this ban on GMOs. Mm. It seems to be the efforts of the Mexican president, AMLO. Okay? Um, it would be like... Joe Biden picking a raw commodity that we import into the United States that is very popular with the processors mm-hmm. and saying, you know what? No, I don't like that anymore. Um, we're not we're not going to allow the allow the import of that anymore. That makes okay? sense. Yeah. Um, the the end users, the processors that have been relying on the import and consistent availability of a high-quality import mm-hmm. are now looking for other areas. Now, Neil made this point as well. He said, listen, if it's the end processors that want the non-GMO corn, it's available to you. All you have to do is 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 bid more aggressively for it. Mm. Yep. It's there. And if the market starts giving more incentive to produce more, non-GMO corn going forward, that's great as long as it's market-driven. But you can't make the decree and make a switchover 
in in a short period of time. It takes a couple of years mm-hmm. to make that kind of a switch over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, how big a deal is this? Uh, the the uh, Congressional Budget Office releasing yeah. its read on the uh, RVO stuff. Oh, I think it's important because it's a, it's a necessary step in getting the the go ahead from. Uh, Administrator Regan over at the Environmental Protection Agency. Once, once that happens, then the states can go ahead and build it into their plans for this mm-hmm. summer, mm-hmm. and not, you know, it's it's not a moment too soon. I, I know that we talked at the start of the show with Brett uh, Brett Waltz from BAMWX about winter holding on into the middle of March, but uh, the the spring and summer driving season is not all that far away. And we want to give the retailers some certainty that what they've done for E15 to make it available will continue. Sounds like uh, Brett's predicting which was going to last till about March 20th. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would. That, that's that's as far as you can see it for now. Uh, so yeah, yeah, seems about right. There you go, Big Apple Joe getting involved <laughs> there. At a boy, at a boy, Joe. Love it, love it, love it, love it. All right, hey. Good job, Davis. Covered the issues well there at the end. Yes, sir. Um, Thank you for listening today. Really appreciate it. Again, good luck to Neil. Neil Caskey, new CEO at the National Corn Growers Association. And, yes, Neil, we will see you along with Machinery Pete down in Orlando at the Commodity Classic. Come back this afternoon. We've got a conversation with Craig Turner from the Stonex Group right here.